Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah. actually, leads us to leads our, us to our yeah, our, I'm just going to skip that one. Yeah, okay. I think we should. Yeah, I look at you just being wild. I'm just going <laughs> to skip the question that came from Jill, everybody. <laughs> I can't remember what's going on. <laughs> I just need to roll into the conversation. Yeah. two trainers, owners of Push Fitness, and the hosts of this podcast. During training sessions with our clients, we often tell them to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And we're saying that right now to you too. Let's push ourselves. Let's push ourselves to see fitness differently. Let's push the envelope when it comes to self-love. Let's push a new narrative about women and weight. Let's push out harmful ideas about the body that is rooted in racism and patriarchy. Let's find a new definition of fitness that welcomes all people. You ready? I'm ready. Let's push it. podcast. This is season two, episode 15, Cara. All right. 15. I can't believe it. Um, and we are so excited because today we have a guest interviewee. This We have with us Stacey Hobson. She is the owner of SLH Fitness. So um, welcome. We're really excited to have you. Uh, thanks, ladies. Thanks for having me on here today, too. Sure. Thing. We're super excited about it. I just have loved seeing your posts evolve over the years that I've known you. And I just like when I, we were looking for inter, interviewees for this podcast, I knew yeah. right away that I had to talk to you. We had to, we had to talk to uh, you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I really do. Yeah, it definitely has. It's, it's definitely evolved from what I thought I was supposed to do to what I actually need to be doing. Yes. Woohoo. Yes. Yes. We've had a very similar journey. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've been sweating so much. Yeah. Don't mind our sweat. So it is going to be 115 degrees here today. And oh. I mean, we live in Oregon. So in we, the Willamette Valley, we are not like, acclimated to this. And like, I like to say that I'm like a lizard on a rock. Like, yeah. I, I love the heat, but it is even getting a little toasty for my ass. <laughs> <laughs> really saying something, right? Like really saying something. But yeah. So what? What's the weather like where you're at? Um, I think today. So I am in Ohio, and where I'm at is in. It's in Springfield, but I actually live. Our address is Springfield, but we live outside of a small town called Enon. So we live out in the country. We live out in the county is where we're at. Um, so it is 85, I think right now. I can't the weather. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's 85. And here though, what always gets it, it's not really humid today, but it kind of feels a little more humid than some of the others. It's not like a really dry heat here. It's, I mean, sometimes you'll be outside and you'll come in and just feel really sticky. Mm-hmm. from it <laughs> yeah. feeling that stickiness right now yeah we have yeah, me too because I just did a workout so this morning so usually Car and I do workouts together on Sunday mornings around nine and um because we had this um interview set up for later in the day I was like well I'm just gonna come later and Car, I knew it was gonna be hot in here and Car was like I'm just gonna work out at nine and I'll see you when you come in and I'll I'll train you right right and I was like okay so I come in and oh my gosh, it is, it is quite toasty. So we made our workout today short and we did like, you know, heavier weights and lo- lower sets and stuff. So, but yeah, I'm still pretty sticky for, <laughs> and I, that. I even pieced out. I didn't even train her. I was, <laughs> oh, you I just was lucky. I left her. So, okay. <laughs> but I did. <laughs> so yes, there's. There are, because it is so hot and we have a really, we have a pretty significant homeless population. Um, There's a lot of cooling stations around town that are like in desperate need of ice Mm -hmm. and water. And we were planning, we had, I was so good. I was thinking ahead and I bought like all the water that we were going to need for this um, event next weekend. 
Yes. And I literally just put it all in the car and dropped it off. <laughs> so we still have to buy more water. Yeah. But we- that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but that's what I ended up doing while she was sweating her butt off in the gym. Yes. And I right. was telling you. go give to the homeless. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Trying to hydrate the homeless and keep people cool. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's very important. So yeah. I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> just right. <laughs> but yeah we're we're really really excited to have you on Stacey we want to start off by getting to know you just a little bit better yeah so tell us uh where you're from which I guess you already did and what do you do for a living how would you describe what you do well while I am the typical I'm not typical but while I am a certified personal trainer. I also am a certified nutrition coach. And um, I just got another certification that has to do with like behavior change. It was a psychology thing. While I might have this education, I actually feel like I am just creating my own little health and fitness, health and wellness, health and exercise, however we want to call it. I feel like I am just establishing my own way of taking care of your body. Mm-hmm. And I always focus. I, I really try to help my clients focus on it, not just being a physical thing, but emotional. Um, so like mind, body, soul, that's what I always kind of talk about because I feel like you have to have all three you have to fully take care of yourself, like kind of like total body wellness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I do not fit in to the health and fitness industry as it stands this moment. So I feel like I am just, you know, over on the outskirts, just creating my own little thing and just doing my own thing because I feel, I just probably the same way that you guys do. I just feel like it needs to be done. And while I realize health and fitness is such a huge noisy area and there's a lot of layers to it. I still feel like, um, cause I don't even want to mess with that. Like, I don't want to even try to unfuck fitness over there. I just want to make something new over here. I just want to have a new way of being and thinking and believing. I just, I just feel like I don't even want to mess with that. It's like a tangle of cords over there (laughs) and I don't want to unravel it. (laughs) one of the reasons that we wanted you on exactly because there's something there's something so powerful in like finding your people because um I have felt like exactly how you Mm -hmm. are describing feeling like I like I'm so tired of trying to convince the cis white men to accept me yep yeah I'm going to figure out my own my own my own thing now um and I and the more, the deeper I dove into that, I found a lot of people who are trying to do the same thing. And yes. there is such a strong community of love there. Um, and that's like, I basically, when I started clearing out my feed, like that's one of the things it's like, if, if you're uh-huh. thinness, you're out. If you're mm-hmm. like, Hey, I want to like eradicate the fitness industrial complex, <laughs> then you're in. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Pretty much like that's, that's exactly. And you, I mean, that's exactly how I feel. I just, you know, I felt like there was never space for me to begin with. I will admit I was very naive. I thought that maybe there was. And when I first began, I thought there was, um, I thought there, I, I don't want to say I thought I would be accepted, but I thought that I could at least hang Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I learned, I learned very quickly that that wasn't the case. Like, yeah. no, no, you're, it's, it basically made me feel like your kind is not welcome here. Like that's for, I don't even know that maybe like a lack of a better word. I, but I just felt like I was not allowed to be there. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of different scenarios in that instance, but that's kind of how it was. So I felt like I was constantly battling it. So I'm trying to still do my thing and be like, that's fine. You have your thing. I'm going to still be here, but people, if they feel like you don't belong, you don't belong. And they will make sure that you feel that no matter if you're just over in the corner doing your own thing and minding your own business. Right. It can be really exhausting, right? Like, yeah. 
trying to unfuck fitness. Well, and trying, trying to, <laughs> right. Um, and you and I have had conversations that even in instances where we have been invited in, it's usually been as the fat trainer talking about body yes. image, not the fat trainer talking about how to swing a kettlebell right. or how to deadlift properly. No, 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 no. Like right. you're, you're in a bigger body. So the only thing you're really an expert in is living in a bigger body. And of course we need people to talk about that stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, but like you are an expert in fitness all on your own, you know, like without having to just represent the big girls. Well, right. And I mean, that was not, that's not even the premise of why we began this path in the first place. And so this is the other thing, like, just because you're a fat body, a plus size body, a bigger body, however you choose to describe the physical aspect of you. That was never the intention. And I do get really aggravated. Like, of course, of course, team body positivity. But that wasn't my goal. My goal was you can do this living in a bigger body. I need you to understand that thin is not in and that it's not even a a goal to have. It's just how our human anatomy is made. And I, I want, I, you know, yes, like. We can swing kettlebells. We can choose to just do a body workout or get under the barbell. Like we don't need to make a choice. We don't have to be like, I don't know. Sometimes like, you know, it was always what recommended for people in larger bodies to start walking first. And I was like, when I would train people, of course, that was usually my clientele they just bigger bodies. Yeah. We were not just, no, I was like, we're going to squat. We're going to do these things and we're going to, I'm going to teach you how to do it in your body because also the cueing that comes with being taught exercise is all based on a thin body. So this is the other angle that, that like when you tell someone to squat with their toes, their toes facing out your feet a little bit, outside of your hips, keep your chest up, blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, that is good for some, but someone who is in a larger body has a little extra cushion. It is actually more appropriate for us to get into the squat with our toes turned out and our feet wider and leaning forward a little bit. It does not kill our knees. And if anything, it helps provide us better mobility to perform the move in the first place. So um, anyway, that was a tangent, but I... (laughs) I, but that's just one of those, those things like, no, this is, you don't, you don't get to say what I get to teach in these things. And if this is what you're going to do, if you ask, if you ask me to be a part of anything, then you're going to know what my education is. You're going to know what I'm capable of doing. And you're going to ask me what I want to share. You're not going to tell me what I'm going to share at your event. And I hate to feel like I, that's probably rude to say, but I feel like if you invite someone to be a part of your platform, to be a part of this business thing that you are hosting, you need to allow those people to discuss what they want to discuss with, within reason but you need to let them hone in on their expertise, not what you think they need to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I love it. Woo! Yes. And like, I think that like when I, as you were talking, I was thinking like it would make more sense for more trainers in bigger and smaller bodies to know how to train people in bigger bodies. Right. Full stop. 100%. Like, yeah. Instead of just learning, like about, you know, based on the, all these like very thin Eurocentric, you know, ideals, we could be really learning how to serve all people so that our fitness is inclusive. Mm-hmm. And that is not the case. Like at half the time, it's not even like, we're not even using what I consider all the right information. Like we, we have missed the boat when it comes to thinness by a long shot in the fitness industry. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. That's right. So, you know, if someone goes in and they're like, I just want to help, I want to help people be healthy and I want them to 
know what healthy is in their body or, you know, people who are all about building strength in the body. And so they have that, but they're only like, but it has to be this way. This is the only way it has to be. But to be honest, if they have someone in a bigger body, if they would just allow the person to move, it's all about mobility. So if they just watched them move and perform a squat at least a few times to see how their actual mobility is, and then you can make adjustments based on where they might be feeling certain things like discomfort in their knees or their hips or you, nobody is allowing the human body to move in the way that it needs to be moved. That's my opinion, you know, and I know that that was always my approach. Like I never, I stopped queuing after a while because I'm like, this isn't helping anyone. This is actually making it harder than what it needs to be. Everyone's body is clearly moving different. So I think I'm just going to be like, all right, this is how we're going to start out. And I just started to have them move. I just had them move. Like, I think that's so important. And it's as we've gotten to be older trainers, there like there is that realization, like, gosh, you know, we spend all this time learning and coaching perfect form. And God, for a long time, we were obsessed with posture and making sure everybody's posture was just well, if you have a body that's built like like people are different. Like if you are like really bottom heavy, if your Mm -hmm. posture is gonna be very different than someone who carries weight around the Or like if your hips are literally a different structure, depending upon, you know, like, like your genetics. And so for us, instead of like making sure everybody is like, you know, (laughs) my, my sound effects will come across in the podcast (laughs) (laughs) all over the place. like like you were saying Stacy I think it's important to like know what the hell you're doing but like th- that knowledge is baseline it's not necessarily you know what's going to work for every single person in every single circumstance and we have really like I know Cara and I have definitely changed our approach to we specialize in training pre and postnatal folks and for a long time, yeah. we were obsessed with um, the butt wink, like the butt tucking under at the bottom of the squat mm-hmm. and how we learned how bad that was. And, and we're no like, crunch it. No, no, crunch, it. Yeah, no, no crunch it. Oh my God. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's bad. <laughs> and the more we learned, the more we're like, you know, if they're not experiencing pain and dysfunction with this movement, it works for them. Mm-hmm. And we can just back up. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Right. No, I learned the same thing. And I, that's so funny. I did the same with like crunches. Like I'd have clients ask me, well, can I do some crunches? I'm like, no, that is not how you build the core. And now I'm like, yeah, girl, let's throw in some crunches right now. Let You want to do it. That's fine. I'm not, Hey, that's fine. We'll do it because I don't know. I might have the education to create the workout, but I want them to have a say in it. Like we're a team. Mm-hmm. If you feel like doing some crunches that day, then let's just do it. So what if you don't want to do the dead bug? It's fine. It's fine. Another day, or we can find another variation. There are so many variations of exercises based on the mobility of the human body. Mm-hmm. We're going to find something you love. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I, we just had a client in the other day. She's, she's pregnant right now. And she, there was one exercise, I think it was, um, it's the inchworm. It wasn't when you were here, it was a different day. It's the inchworm. And she goes, this is stupid and I hate it. And I'm like, all right, it's out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and at the end of the day, you think about this, like, like bit lot, like from like 30 feet out or whatever, that like, this is sort of a trauma informed approach, Mm -hmm. a trauma informed care approach. Like, like when you when you are meeting up with your client, it is like, how are you doing? We are, we want, are here to facilitate what you need yep. based on how you're showing up today. And that's not just physical. That yeah. is like, like, like emotionally, like, of course, like we're not counselors, but you know, oh. your emotions and your feelings and all of that so affects the body and that you might need different kind of movements depending upon how you're coming in. You know, if you're coming in ready to like smash the patriarchy, your workout <laughs> might be different than if maybe you have just like experienced a trauma 
and are feeling afraid and um, you need extra care. So um, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes they just, I think sometimes, well, in my own experience, I should say in my own experience with my clients, there are some days they just want to be seen and heard. That's it. They just want somebody to listen. And there have been multiple occasions where they came in and they were like, I've been really having this on my mind. Can, can we just talk today? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. So, you know, at the time I was at the gym, so I would find a really secluded corner and (laughs) the best I could. And Mm -hmm. I would just let them talk. It was just, they wanted to be. And then by the time that was over, they felt so much better. Like I could, I, I am, I'm a, I'm an empath. So, and I'm highly sensitive. So I always could see when it would like, yes, no matter how hard you want to not take in someone's emotions and feelings, you never can not. And I think that's our superpower to an extent because we can handle it to a certain point. Um, but I would just see it lift off of them. And they were walking out just feeling so much lighter than when they came in. And I always felt like, this is what I'm here for. This, it wasn't to make sure your ass gets tight today. It was literally like you needed something, you needed something off your chest or whatever. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had sessions like that um, mm-hmm. sometimes every week, which is fine. <laughs> like, it's totally fine. And actually, right? I'm, I feel like in my circumstance, like I... I'm, I can remove myself a little bit more easily from people's emotions. I have a background in counseling and I, I was an alcohol and drug counselor for about four years. And I, I learned how to not take it home because if I did, it would crush me. So I, I feel like that almost makes me like the perfect person for some of these people, because I can just listen and they can say all the things they need to say, and I can help them sort of talk themselves through their own solutions and just listen yeah. say hardly anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. but I think like, I think the key is just attuning to your client, which you can do, whether you're an empath or you're someone who's more removed, um, just attuning to your client and what they need that day. Sounds like that's um, right. That, that is a, a really great approach. And I think that's one of the reasons why um folks train with us honestly because mm-hmm. we listen oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah <laughs> yeah I think so too I get said that I get told that a lot I get you understand me you know what it's like to be me what it's like to go through some of these struggles mm-hmm. you just uh, yeah I it I feel comfortable around you I feel safe around you I feel these are the things that get said and that's actually what I want. That's how I want them to feel because um, I don't fully believe that growth happens outside of our comfort zone. I don't really fully believe this. I feel like there has to be a little bit of things we work through while being comfortable because I feel like that's when we'll really see it. And it's not going to bring on all that anxiety situation. Like I think sometimes we have to just come to terms with things within our own little bubble. And I think if you can invite certain, because it's an honor, right? It's an honor that these people invite us into their life to begin with, because anything that involves our health is very personal and it's very private. And they just chose us to be a part of that. So that's an honor for us. So we also, we have to also provide them that space that they need. So they feel this way because they chose us for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. We were just having this conversation. I'm so glad that you said that, that sometimes, you know, growth happens within your comfort zone yes. that we have, like we experienced that ourselves, even like we have taken a couple anti-racism trainings and uh-huh. one of them was definitely a like blow you out of your comfort zone. And, you know, talking about racism is not comfortable. And and, of course, and shouldn't really be right. Right. Um, That's right. The, the premise behind it was sort of like, you know, white women are all just inherently evil and we need to square up yeah. with that. 
before we can not be evil. And it was like, it was one of those like, oh God. And it was scary. It was like really scary. A lot of the training. Um, And I'm not saying that we didn't get anything out of that. There were some like very powerful Mm -hmm. lessons that we got from that. But the one Uh that I took um, uh, about deconstructing the uh, fitness industrial complex, Uh it was literally a training that was rooted in love. And the, before anything, it was a community agreement that like, we trust the intent of people that are here. Like we own, we own when we make mistakes and those conversations can be uncomfortable, but that we trust and that this is a foundation of love and that we're all here to do better. And so that there wasn't the, it, it was just like, it was so incredibly powerful. And that is sort of the kind of space that I want to create for my clients too. Like having sure. experienced both yeah. sides. I'm like, this is, this is like, I want people to come into our, our gyms or out to the park for our community workouts and be like, this is a place built on love. Yeah. Like this is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think that like, like most people who come to us, like they want to make some sort of change. Like they want to be more active or they want to, whatever, whatever it is. Um, We don't make any assumptions about why they're here, but I think that whenever anybody makes a change or they're learning something new, there's always some like level of ambivalence there. Like I want to do it, but I don't really want to do it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's growing within those comfort zones is just, it's another way of attuning and it's meeting them where they're at. And with that approach, what I found anyway, is people stick with you long-term when you approach things that way. Um, and I want them to stick with us long-term because I love our clients mm-hmm. and I love that we've created that space um, based on love for them to feel comfortable and like they want to keep coming. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. And I really love that you said that because that is actually how I feel. And while that's such a simple phrase, like that's very much, that's kind of, I don't know. Well, I'm sure you guys will probably agree. Like whatever we're creating here is what we never got to experience ourselves. Yes. That's so so true. And it it, got me. (laughs) And it evolved like in the beginning, you know, when we were having our babies, it was like, we experienced pelvic floor issues and we're like, we want to be the trainers that we wish we had had when we were pregnant. And then it's evolved to like, we want to be the kind of fitness professionals that like, that don't push bad science and actually help people live bigger lives the way we wish. Like I, if I could get some years back of my life, I would like, (laughs) Oh, um, yes, I, yes, hundred percent. Yes. It's one of those, sometimes it's those moments like, Oh, I wish I could have been like the couple years in. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. sure, I'm, I'm certain that like, unfortunately that we have, we have created harm along the way as we've been going through these growing pains and like, of course, difference between then and now is that we were less open to or just more ignorant of being called out and how important being called out and in actually is for making these forward changes. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back to our discussion. Do you love the Push podcast? Support us by becoming a Push patron. As a Push patron, you will have exclusive access to our episodes, bonus materials, freebies, access to ask us questions, and more. Go to www.patreon.com slash pushfitness. That's www.patreon.com slash pushfitness now to get started. And now back to the Push podcast. But that actually sort of leads us into our next question that we wanted to ask you about. So you mentioned um, not being, being for people now what you didn't have. Um, tell us more about like what your relationship with your body was growing up. So truly this goes, this actually goes back, um, back to when I was 11 and I say age 11 because that's when I 
definitely started from 10 to 11 as puberty began. I gained a good amount of weight in that amount of time. Now, I did not know that that was normal for an adolescent to experience that in our adolescence, especially when we're going through puberty, it is quite normal to gain anywhere from, I think I read 20 to 30 pounds within mm-hmm. that time. Okay. So, um, of course, so then by that time, that's when, but that's when I feel like, so I, I had people pointed out to me. So that's when I first noticed, I started to notice that, you know, I looked like this, my friends did not. And then I started my period. I'm on my period. My friends are not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, my mom, um, I always remember hearing her talk about her body, making comments about her body, different parts of her body. Um, and while I realized that her intentions were good back then, it was it was harmful for her to point out things on my body, just like everyone else. When I would talk about people at school were talking about my body, then she wanted to put me, she was like, well, let's work on eating this or doing that. You know, do you see what I mean? So like the diet was mentioned as the solution because that's all that she knew, but it was actually very harmful. So bottom line is that I have never had a good relationship with my body. Um, And even now, as much as I try so hard, I still have days. I still have days where I don't love my body as it is right now in this season. I still have days where I literally grieve the thinner body that I used to have, not only just maybe two to three years ago, but even like in my 20s, which I'm 41, I'm not meant to have the 20 year old body anymore. But I still my mind still thinks I do. Um, So, so I feel like it's just like a daily struggle. To be honest, it's very hard to it's been it's, it, it is difficult. And I feel like it's hard to just show up and be like, just for instance, um, and sometimes even going out and I, I have definitely felt this since things around here from the pandemic has begun to lift. I didn't, I didn't expect myself to, but like, um, just even going out in public, being around people I haven't seen in a very long time, a lot of those past things that I thought had disappeared have reemerged and I'm starting to have to go through it all over again, which tells me I never made peace with it in the first place. And I just buried it. <laughs> so well, you, you give yourself some credit. Like this, these, like the journey to healing your body is not linear, you know? And, and I, I, when you were talking, I was like, yes, I can relate. Yes, I can relate. Like, yeah. I, through, like yeah. I go through stages where I'm like, fuck it. I just love my body how it is. And everybody else can just suck it. And I'm going to be out there. And then, and then I go through stages where I literally want to hide because I saw a picture of myself this time last year and boy, was I thinner. And like, he's like, well, you know, like, yes. And, yes. and it is that grieving process. And sometimes you feel like you're on a roller coaster because of okay. like, gosh, it's hard. And, you know, and I think about like myself as a child, like I wish I could get that kind of body confidence back. And it's kind of the goal, right? To just, yeah. But, you know, you also, you can't change society's mind either. So constantly bombarded with messages that you are not good enough as you, as you are. Mm -hmm. Um, and and I don't know if it will ever not be a struggle, at least for me, as yeah. long as there are those messages continuing to be out there all the time. I agree. I agree with you on that. Yes. And I, um, oh, oh, a hundred percent. I, I mean, even down to like, um, we just had my daughter's, uh, recital for dance. I, well, listen, I mean, when you're in fitness, do we ever really 
have dress clothes. I mean, it's just leggings and tanks or t-shirts and I don't know, maybe a shirt that is kind of flowy, but still very much represents a t-shirt or whatever. It's like a fancy, sh- fancy shirt over my yoga pants. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I've done that many times. Yes. yes, I have. And I've actually done that before because I'm like, I can't, you know, sometimes trying to find clothes can just be time consuming. And like, I remember just, you know, one of the stores we went in was TJ Maxx and I just showed my husband, I was like, this, this is the rack that I get to look at. And I said, and do you see this? I said, first of all, my size is even here. Number one, I'm also short. So some tops are literally looking like a dress. So there's that aspect. I was like, I don't get to just walk in to any store and purchase clothing. Not like, not now anyways. And they're always, and I'm not, I'm, there's always, I remember that was one of the times that one of the things came up for me, like the way I was feeling about my body, because I was like, I do know what it's like to walk into any store and pick up what I think is a cute shirt, or I can just get an outfit and I just try it on and it fits and it's fine. And I'm done. And there are times that I also miss that, but then I also decided, like, I remember, so I was just like, you know what? I'm not even going to mess with going other places, like even Target and stuff. I'm just going to go straight to Torrid because I know their clothes are made to fit my body. And I know I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to do it because I have to, we have to care about comfort on our body and dressing our body because we deserve that at the same time. But what I'm saying is, is like, I, I think that too. I don't think that we will ever fully get away from it. But if we could at least find it within ourselves to make peace with some of the things and just live the life that we are choosing to live and show up in certain ways and whoever is there for it is there for it. I feel like that will be huge strides because I feel like society as a whole is just fitting us in a box anyways. Mm-hmm. It's it's not really even being a leader. It's being more of a follower. It's just doing what everyone else is doing. There's no individuality a part of it. And I feel like if we could at least live as authentically as we can within ourselves, then I feel like we did the best that we possibly could. Because you're right, we're never gonna, I mean, we're never gonna get this full acceptance. It's always gonna be um, straight-sized bodies are going to be looked at as certain ways, but we also can choose to not bow down to it like we have in the past. And I think that it's, even if it's just for our children so that they can, so we do it and then they can model it. And then we've already made a huge shift just for them in their life. Yeah. And I still like, I, I still, I have hope that things will turn around, even if it's just for like economic reasons. Like if I look at some of the statistics, if you even are just talking about like straight size clothing, right? Um, Right. Only 5% of women in this country are the size of like the models that we see, right? Like, yes, that's true. Yes. I think like if, if, and I think there's like 67% of women are above a size 14. So if that's the case, then you'd think it would make economic sense for some of these companies to be like honoring a larger body. Um, I know. And so I always wonder about that. Like, why is that not the case? Like, why is it that, you know, and I, I, we talked with a store owner just last week and it came up that just sometimes the process of how the manufacturers group the sizings makes it really Uh hard especially if you're a small business to carry all of the different sizes, because you have to, like, if you can only order like one box of this particular item Uh to make a decision between it being straight size clothing or plus size clothing, and then you have to buy twice as much, like they won't mix it in or like, Mm -hmm. and a lot of, this is like a lot of clothing manufacturers. And so I just wonder if at some point people will kind of get that they could make more money 
if they either that or Torrid and Eloquy are just going to like take off or like <laughs> stitch, right. fix, stitch fix now. We do. Is, yeah. It's been really, yeah. I, I have here are my thoughts on that. I think part of it is one, one cog in the wheel of keeping the patriarchy in place. Like yeah. we're going to, we're going to keep these standards with air quotes. We're going to keep these standards because we know that people are going to continue to buy this diet stuff. Mm -hmm. They're going to continue to buy the wraps. They're going to continue to do 21 day fix and bullshit like that. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. all of an effort to fit in these clothes because it, because of the enormous amount of money that's spent on the diet industry, maybe that balances it out for less people being able to buy clothes that they can actually fit in. That's, that's my thought on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, if, if I think about the clients, a lot of the clients I've worked with in the past, people, what I see people post now on social media, I've seen many people still say, you know, I'm going to fit into these jeans. I've got these jeans just waiting for me or the, still the whole like gold clothing situation. So, I mean, you're right. As long as that is still, I mean, it's going to have to be like a huge shift for that. It's, it's amazing to me how much money is spent. Yeah. And that's, that's where I really appreciate, um, folks like you, um, who we find our little pockets of where we can start to create change. Um, and of yes. the hope is that eventually the whole thing will change, but right. That that's the long game, and we might not see that in in our generation. Which again is like we said earlier, is one of the reasons that it's important to set up these different ideals for our children, so that they can carry right. forward for us. Um, when you were talking about you know this being part of the patriarchy, I was like, oh yeah, like because Naomi Wolf laid it out so perfectly. So I did find it. So okay, it says a culture fixated on female thinness is not an obsession about female beauty, but an obsession about female obedience. Dieting is the most yes. political sedative in women's history. A quietly mad population is a tractable one. Boom. I was like, I know that there's like a perfect coach. <laughs> oh yeah, it's way better than yes. like but I was stumbling through. <laughs> you did great. You did great. Like, <laughs> I mean, you, we I got there. You can't compete with Naomi Wolf. No, no, I don't know where I want to. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your sort of chrysalis as a trainer, like as someone who has like sort of quote unquote known you for a while. I yeah. have seen like a marked difference this last year and the kinds of things that you're talking about on social media. And um, you're very much health at every size aligned. And I just, I would love to hear about what prompted that transition and what okay. it's been like for you and your clients. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So what prompted me to do that is getting injured. And, um, all right. So in, let's see, 2017, I started to notice weight gain. I was still in maintenance mode. I was still tracking my food. I was portioning it out. I had not changed anything. I was still exercising. I was probably exercising more because I was teaching a fitness class. Um, and at one point I was teaching a, this fitness class four times a week. And I was also trying to still fit in my own workouts. That's a lot of movement, but at the time that's what I did, but I was starting to notice weight gain. And I'm like, this isn't what's supposed to happen. This right. is not, they said, this isn't what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to, all right. Then I started to, um, I started to have issues with my period. So I'll tell this one, one portion. So this is how bad it got. 
I finished teaching my fitness class. I went to a local coffee shop to meet my friend for coffee after class. I had finished my period maybe about two, three weeks prior. So I was, it wasn't time for my cycle. Um, I'm standing in line, I'm talking to her and all of a sudden I feel wetness and I feel like, I'm just going to be open about this. It's like, I kind of feel like, like a clot almost like it just kind of came out and I'm like, Oh, so I'm literally in the coffee shop standing there. So I order my coffee. I get the coffee. I go and I'm like, I'll be right back. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I have never, ever seen so much blood in my life with my period. I, it was all over my leggings. It was all over me. And then it was still coming out. I ended up having to like, I'm like literally cleaning the floor on the coffee shop and the toilet. I have to try to clean myself up as much as possible. Okay. This is not normal. So that was another indication. So first it was waking. And then it was my period, not to mention my period had become so horrendous. Uh, The pain was so bad. I would have to cancel my clients because there was no amount of ibuprofen that would ease it. Um, The pain would like shoot down my legs. I couldn't walk. All right. So yeah. And then, so then I started to notice my body was no longer recovering from my workouts. I am still trying to manage this weight gain. I will, I was like, well, clearly I have to clean my, I'm not clearly I'm not doing something right. Right. So because <laughs> taught to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm adjusting my calories again. I'm focusing, I'm tightening on stuff even more. I can't, I try, I gave up some of my own workout time. I couldn't give up, you know, I have to show up for these fitness classes. Okay. So, so anyways, I got a hip injury that made me, so after all this, the last straw was my hip and it got so bad that like, I would just sit in the car and cry after my class. And I couldn't walk for two days after because it was so bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I did stop teaching that class in at the beginning of 2019, but I still continued to train my clients and I found it very difficult to stand. Um, the gym itself also, it was like, it was, it was an old like, um, newspaper manufacturing place. So like there was concrete and there was like carpet overneath, I mean, over top of it. But anyways, um, I ended up having stuff. So my, I'm on medication for anxiety already. So I, here's what I'm saying. Like I started noticing all of this and then the injuries came and then the depression hit me hardcore. Like there were, and then my anxiety, I started to have panic attacks. My medication is at the point where it's supposed to keep down the panic attacks. My body was basically going haywire. So beginning of, so now I, I told you a kind of a long story, but what I'm saying is, so like, I had to find an answer because that's what I, I'm like, this makes no sense. Everything I've ever known, my certification for personal training, what you're supposed to do if you're having weight gain, I increased my calories. I lowered the calories. It was still happening. And I kept thinking, this is not right. There's something wrong, but nothing was showing up. Nothing was showing up on my panels. Everything was still fine. I talked to the OBGYN about, I was basically having breakthrough bleeding and, you know, he just, he just kind of felt like this is kind of normal. He gave me the option to do like a DNC or, um, to burn off the uterus. I'm like, no, 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 no. There is a problem. There is, I feel like we have to find the root cause because I could do that, but there's something deeper anyway. So, so basically I had seen health at every size. I had seen people posting about it. I will admit right now that when I first learned about it, it didn't make sense to me, but that's because I was so wrapped up in diet culture. Mm -hmm. I was like, these people are, I'm just going to say, I'm like, these people lost their minds. (laughs) (laughs) They're promoting an unhealthy lifestyle. That's what I, (laughs) how is this healthy? This makes no sense. Like, but I was like, you know what? 
I'm going to go to the source. I, I really should know better than to take in messaging off of social media in the first place. A lot of times I went to the source and I started reading about it. Funny thing is, is that as I read the book, I came across so many of the things that had happened to me and why I could not have, there was no one that could tell me, not even my doctors. And, and here's the other thing. It always made me wonder why they were not asking me about my food intake, my food habits, why they were not asking me about my exercise. Why were they not asking me all these other things? Because the signs were all there that my body was screaming for help because I truly think that, okay, so I had at one point, I did lose 80 pounds, Mm -hmm. but I believe that that was just too much for my body. My behaviors of being so restricted with my food, even portioning out my, my lettuce for God's sake, um, all of these things just were slowly, my body was trying to get my attention and it actually took something like that happening for me to get the message. And then, okay. So anyway, so that is, so it literally was like, I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm like having all these aha moment moments. I wish I had like somebody in the living room with me when I'm reading it, like that would listen to me. It was just like, I got the validation that I had been seeking because I knew all along something was wrong, but nobody could tell me. And there were so many other avenues that was being said to me, well, you need to do this and you need to do that. Um, when, when all that was happening, especially the weight gain itself. So I actually had this conversation with a client last year. She was talking about, and I told her, you need to talk to your doctor about some other things. I was like, weight gain is not the reason you're experiencing it. I said, weight gain is not a root cause. It's a symptom of the root cause. So I need, you know, so it it actually was something that I was able to help her talk to her doctor about. So that's what took me to help at every size. And that is why now I am just digging in deeper, more so for myself, but also to start talking about it and sharing it because I feel like this, if this was what was, if this was my experience, this has to be other people's experience. And I, and the other, the kicker for me was I kept thinking, I'm a health and fitness professional. If this is happening to me and I, was doing everything that the education has always said to do, then how is it being for other people who don't? And then they just keep saying, this is my fault. And I caused this, like, like we make ourselves gain weight. Like that's not true. Um, Rule to blame someone for a health issue when you're, actively seeking ways to fix it and it's so shaming. and yes it is so shaming and I think I think for me the most comforting thing that I've learned to date was that the gaining of the weight the storing of the body fat is not bad it's your body protecting you from yourself like that's what's happening And that's the only, because for instance, um, with my injury, I started to notice fat storage around my hips. That's where my injury was. And so it just has given, it's just opened my eyes up to the body and just knowing that no matter what, our body has our best interest always. And, um, I feel like me learning about this is just going to allow me to send to to talk about this to other people and to kind of get it out there and it be a part of my business. Like I I hope I did I answer your question? I feel like I'm sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Like being so open and raw. Like that was really um you've gone through a lot to get to this point and really appreciate you sharing that with us. It was, that was amazing. Oh, thanks. Um, thanks for giving me the space and comfort to share that because 
Um, I will admit that I, prior, there was a lot of shame I was feeling. I feel like there was, there's so much pressure sometimes just as being a personal trainer and you got to fit a certain mold. There's that, I will say, you know, I had found there was so much shame in how my body was supposed to look, but my body was not doing anything bad. It was just trying to protect me. It was trying to fix what I had done. (laughs) So like, whoa, you're exercising a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, we've experienced that. Like there, um, we, we talked about this at a fitness conference once we're like literally heckled by someone that owns like a supplement company, like couldn't handle it. And, you know, we have, I I mean, there have been times, like a lot of times when I believe that we either like haven't gotten a job or been invited to certain things because people just look at us and think, what kind of trainers are you? You don't look like the. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) and be the first to admit that, like, you know, like you were saying earlier, like you have these daily struggles, like. I'll be the first to admit that my insecurity and daily struggles come out when I'm meeting new clients. Like I just put this together right now, actually. I I am kind of, um, I am part introvert. So like I, I tend like in large group settings, I tend to be very quiet um, and I tend to let other people do more of the talking. Um, so I always feel a lot of anxiety about meeting new clients, but also, I think part of that anxiety is I'm wondering, are how are they going to judge my body? Will they judge my body? And if somebody comes in who's smaller than me, I'm thinking like, I've got to make up for what I look like in what I know and in my personality, because clearly, like, I don't look the way that they want, they want to look. And those are all assumptions that are being made. Those are all assumptions. Like a lot of these people that I'm thinking of, as I'm saying, like they never said anything. They never, like, they're still with us. Like, Mm -hmm. so, you know, it is a struggle um, to work on that on the daily. So, yeah. Oh, yes. And I will, I will say 100% that um, when I was a trainer at the gym, I had to work 10 times harder to get clients my referrals came from my existing clients, not because I, not, not because I was associated with the gym. They all were on, they were all, so they were, so I, so that's how I got my referrals. And I always had that hesitation when I would walk up, I would see their face and I would know right away they're going to hire me or not. So I, got to the point where it was like, I already see, you see how I look and I already know what your answer is going to be, but you are going to save face and we're going to go through this little consultation dance. But I know when you leave, you will not text me. You will not. So I, so I, I've had, I've had these experiences. I, I was known as the fat trainer at the gym. I had that specifically said, I had another trainer tell me that this particular trainer was going to be more successful than me because her body looks like an actual trainer. Mine doesn't. So I'm going to have to just, that's just life. Like, I'm just going to have to realize, basically it was like, you need to realize your place. So, and I always thought to myself, like, especially in the beginning, when I, I had, and I had heard, I had heard it. Somebody told me and I kind of wish I had never known, (laughs) you know, I wish I had never known. I was much better off being naive because then when I walked into the gym every day for the years up until I left, I literally was like, every time I walked in and if somebody was looking at me, I would think in my head, they're probably thinking, Oh, there's the fat trainer. Like, Mm -hmm. It, it got, it just got to that point, but I always felt like I had to work 10 times harder, prove myself 10 times more. 
I would fill my schedule so much and I would make sure I was in that gym all the time trying to prove myself, trying to prove my worth. And I ended up burning myself out. And I will tell you to this, I, I actually find it quite relieving that you've had that feeling because I have been the same. And I have, <laughs> I just told my husband not that long ago, I said, I almost feel safe being specifically an online trainer because they don't physically get to see me. Like I felt embarrassed to have to say this out loud, but I feel like if I don't say it out loud, I'm not going to be able to work through it, Mm -hmm. but that's just based on my own appearance. So like the two people I have that I train right now, plus the third one that I go to her house, they've all seen me. The two are past clients. So they already knew. So Mm -hmm. I already knew that, Hey, they were just hiring me because of this, but I feel like I don't even want to try to get new clients at this moment because I just, isn't that terrible? That's terrible to want. That's a, and that is like clearly like a trauma response. Like you think about how, um, well, yeah, it would not be okay for a coworker to ever say, oh, because you're gay, you're going to have to work harder in order to have more clients. Right you're black, you're going to have to, I mean, at least if, even if somebody thinks that in the DL, they know better than to say it out loud yet. Oh, right. Is like, okay. Enough still like, it's okay to be a dick. If you just don't like fat people, like, oh, right. Right. And, and people are out, like, it's just spewing all of this terrible, like crap. Like, I mean, if you think, if you just switch it, if you just switch fat for black, like, like you, you can't and should not be able to say that to people because just like, if you had black skin, there would be nothing that you could do to change that or should want to have to do. Like, I mean, your body is presenting in its very natural state, just like a lot of other people's bodies are. And it's not a, it's not a before picture. It is not a like work in progress. It is how your body is showing up today in, in its, all of its glory. And maybe we can appreciate some diversity instead of just shitting on people. I'm sorry. When I heard that somebody said that to you, it got really mad because I've had, (laughs) (laughs) I don't just like on the end of her chair. I'm like, like, (laughs) if the audio just got louder, (laughs) Who said that to you? <laughs> Let's take them down. <laughs> well, yeah. Whose house are we going to right now? Like, monsters right now is that like I don't I do not exist to be somebody's before and after photo. If I don't get hired because I don't look like how they want to look, then I am not the trainer for them. Mm-hmm. And that is literally not how it works. No, like you don't. <laughs> but yeah. Good for you. I would want to know though, if, uh, if you could go back in time and tell a younger Stacy anything, what would it be? So I think about this a lot and there's a lot of things I would say because I'm sort of chatty. Oh yeah. But what <laughs> I know there's so many, there's a lot, there's a lot. Oh man. Okay. But I would say Honestly, I would probably tell her that people's opinions about my body, myself, who I am, that is not going to ever get me where I really want to go, that only I am going to take myself where I really want to go in this life. And... And I say that just because that I feel like it covers so much of my younger self mm-hmm. caring. The, the only reason I cared about what my body looked like is because of what people said and their opinions. So mm-hmm. I changed it so I could be accepted by them. So I could feel a part of them. Uh, and that, I mean, and, and there was a lot of other different ex- examples, the way that I would try to look or dress or anything at all. So I feel like that kind of encompasses the overall theme of 
younger Stacy. So I definitely, yeah, it, people's opinions are never going to take me. It's never going to bring me happiness. It's never going to take me in a place in my life. It's not going to bring me success. It's not going to do anything, but just allow them to keep their thumb, thumb on me. So anyway, I think that's what it would be. Yeah. Actually. I like it. I like it. I do. Have, I do have another question for you. So, okay. This is today, Stacy. If you could put anything on a billboard, cost is not an issue. What would it be? You know what? I really feel like I, oh man, I want people to know that there is nothing in this world worth sacrificing your own soul for. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Cause I, yeah. just even when we've been having this conversation, I can think of, you know, three different times that I've done that myself to try to fit an ideal or, you know, and fit in like you were saying. And yeah. Hey, we just adore you so much. Thank you so much for coming on here with us today. Oh, I feel so honored that you asked me to do this in the first place. So I appreciate it so much. This is as close to real life meeting up yeah. at this moment in time. <laughs> so yeah. I really, I'm really glad that I got to. Yeah, yeah. We have loved having you on and getting to know you better. Like I know um, you primarily have talked with Cara throughout the years and less with me, but um, I've really enjoyed getting to know you and um, yeah, this has been great. So thanks for being mm-hmm. on and you've got the community you. here. Mm-hmm. So when you're having one of those crappy days, you hit us up because we're here for each other. Okay. That's what we're going to do until we can like, you know, smash the patriarchy. Right. <laughs> you know what? That's how we have to be. I mean, I don't even know how to say it. I'm just going to say humans and bigger bodies band together. I don't know. Or badasses and bigger bodies. That was the program I ran last year for exercise. And I think we're just going to roll with it. <laughs> okay. I like it. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the Push podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button or give us a review. The more subscriptions and reviews that we get, the more visibility that we get, and the more easily we can find more listeners just like you. Also, if you love the Push podcast, consider becoming a Push patron. Go to www.patreon.com slash pushfitness and check out the different membership levels and give us some love. Until then, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.